Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the 47th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We have a huge, I repeat, huge episode today with our review of Black Widow, the kickoff movie to Phase 4 of the MCU, and the top billing of movie rivalries. Just about as bright as it sounds, yes. But it's a doozy, so stay tuned for that. But now, we need to address something right off the top. If you are new to the pod, welcome. But if you are a recurring listener, first off, thank you very much. Secondly, you are probably wondering why you're hearing my voice and not Dr. Rose. Well, all I could say is Doc is out of the office. He wanted to be here, but he could not make it. And we wanted to, no, we needed needed, I should say needed, to give you, the listeners, the latest and greatest news in the movie world. So I'm throwing in for Dr. O. It's not an easy task, but I'm going to try. So let's try this out together. And then we can get into our much anticipated review and top billing right afterwards. No commentary will be added for this checkup. So here goes nothing. Let's get to it. One more moment, doctor. Leslie Odom Jr. and original Exorcist star Ellen Bernstein have been cast in a new Exorcist trilogy from director David Gordon Green. Leslie Odom Jr. plays a possessed child's father who asks McNeil for help. The first film releases in late 2023. I'm sure that's going to be A scripted series about Vince McMahon and his federal steroids trial, titled The United States of America vs. Vince McMahon, is in the works from WWE and Blumhouse Television. It's about damn time. The Suicide Squad is long-range tracking to earn $35 to $60 million in the film's domestic box office opening weekend. It comes out on August 6th, and we will be reviewing that on this podcast on August 17th for episode 50 of the pod. Go see that in theaters. Next up on the checkup, Jake Johnson confirms he is nearing a deal to return as Peter Parker in Into the Spider-Verse 2, the star of Let's Be Cops, underrated movie. And finally, last thing on the checkup is Michael B. Jordan. He is developing his own Superman project for HBO Max that will focus on Val Zod. He may even star in the the project. Let's be honest. He's starring in the project. That's going to do it for this week's checkup. Thank you for hanging with me, Ricky Flicks, as I fill in for the doctor. But now let's get to the review. All right, Flicks star. It's time to kick off phase four of the MCU with the highly anticipated, but also much delayed Black Widow. We must have had a million trailers by now, a zillion promos, God knows how many commercials on countless sporting events, but we are finally here. So let's get to it. Black Widow is available to see on Disney Plus Premier Access and in theaters. This will be a spoiler review. This movie came out. Two weeks ago, going on three, we're giving everything, giving it everything we got today. Has it currently has eighty-one percent of Rotten Tomatoes, has a ninety-two percent audience score. It also has six point nine out of ten on IMDb. Let's give you all the synopsis. Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down. Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. So Ricky Flex, this movie was initially supposed to kick off phase four. Interesting aspect about this movie. We need to tell the audience is that it takes place back in 2016 following Captain America civil war, where Natasha's on the run for breaking the Sokovia Accords. Right? So Ricky Flex, I want to start off with, what did you think about this movie? It's placed on the timeline. And do you think it was appropriate in terms of kicking off phase four of the MCU? Appropriate. It. I'm not sure. I think it would have done better, obviously, in bet- if it was, if it was obviously in between what was a civil war and infinity war, I think it obviously would have been, would have worked better, but 
that's not what we got. Marvel didn't do a great job with Black Widow getting her own movie. She was always a side character, a supporting character. It took them long enough to do this, and it kind of showed in this movie, and it was kind of a passing of the torch of a movie a little bit. Uh, I thought Black Widow was a little bit overshadowed, and I guess that makes sense for Phase 4 as in introducing a new character that related to a Disney Plus series and credit scene uh, with Florence Pugh. Uh, at the end with Julia Dreyfus. So it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense at the same time. It's it's like if they didn't have that post-credit scene, this wouldn't have made sense to start phase four. Right. So it did have an implication right at the end for phase uh, phase four and the future of the MCU. But in terms of kickstarting this uh, exciting new future for the MCU following Avengers Endgame, I thought this was kind of a disappointment. I would say this movie was much delayed, right? Not just mm-hmm. literally from COVID, but like Scarlett Johansson, if she was going to have a movie, it should have been during phase two of the MCU. And this Easily. movie liter- literally did feel like a phase two MCU movie. It um, I, it's just like Marvel, these new projects, you're supposed to gain excitement after WandaVision. You're excited for the future. Uh, after Loki, this recent, you were very excited about where the DCU is going after apparently revealing the next big bad. So when we get this project, right? Yes, you get a fan favorite character, but Marvel, it's more about, okay, you're making a very entertaining product, which I think they did here. It was pretty entertaining. Now, I won't say very, but it was pretty entertaining. But That's in terms of building excitement, I think it failed. I, th- I really do think it failed. And then bringing up the idea I, of... I will just... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll, c- I'll cut you off for a sec, sir. Sorry, Doc. But I do agree with you. But what helped this film... I think is because it came out the same week of Loki, like the season finale for Loki or like right around it. So everyone's already going to be pumped up to see the next, this new phase of uh, the MCU. So it didn't really matter as in if this is going to pump you up for phase four or not, because you had Loki, you had Loki doing that for you with the next big bad. And if and Loki was the most watched Disney plus show out of the three so far. Um, so it's like, you're already getting that excitement no matter what, if you see this movie, if you uh, like this movie or not. So like, I I think in the end, it doesn't really matter as much. So you're saying it's a good thing that it wasn't the first project to really kick off phase four, even though like it's the first movie you think, you think it's good that we had like WandaVision, Captain America, Falcon, the winter soldier and then Loki and then black widow. Well, I, what I'm saying is I would be more on your side as in, I would say this is a failure. I think I would, that that would hurt my perception of the MCU if there wasn't a Loki. Like I wouldn't be excited for as excited uh, going forward with the MCU if Loki if Loki wasn't the same week at this point it, in time. Like failure is way too harsh of a term. If I use that, I didn't mean like that in such a negative okay. connotation. Okay. And then I'm looking also like thinking of this as a phase two movie going back in time in the MCU. We're also going back in time to I know this is much talked about on social media, and then most I would say most critics the villain problem in the MCU where you had taskmaster, right? You had the big reveal of taskmaster who it truly was. And then you had Ray Winstone's character as Drakoff, really the mastermind behind all these black widows and kind of a, a master of mind control. I just want to get your opinion on what was your, um, I, I guess we start off with taskmaster. What was your impression of that villain in the MCU? Well, I thought the ta- like taskmaster, was awesome in the action sequences. Such a cool fighter, very cool to watch, very entertaining to watch. But the reveal was so anticlimactic. It was it was very disappointing, at least for me personally. If that was actually like the big bad of the movie or just a better spin on the story, I think that would be would have been so much better. Then we get Drake off, okay? They must have said his name at least 30, 40 times, non-exaggerating throughout the first hour, whenever they first get to the first Drake off scene. And he's going to be the big bad of the movie, but he's not even in the movie until the very last 20 minutes. Like, that's just terrible. Like, if we're thinking spy espionages, and let's just keep it with superheroes, and a great comp would be Winter Soldier. That big bad, like, you had Bucky Barnes as, like, the taskmaster in Winter Soldier, but you saw him throughout the movie and he had his own story. But the big bad was Robert Redford in S.H.I.E.L.D. And they had a great twist that was climactic. It's a good comparison. And you had, and 
Yeah, it was, it, exactly. Like, it just is a natural comparison that they should have just mirrored what Winter Soldier did for Black Widow in this movie. It was so simple. You literally had a Bucky Barnes in your Taskmaster. And you had your big, like, your, uh, you know, your leader, and Drakeoff and Robert Redford. So it would have been perfect if they just mirrored that. I know it's not original, but it's better than just an anticlimactic story like this. And, it, it, like... I know a big thing with this movie too, like MCU, they try and be as loyal to the characters as possible. A lot of like comic book fans are upset with the handling of Taskmaster, Taskmaster primarily because it was, it's a whole new take on the character. It's played by a male who is much, who has much more depth than what we got in this movie. And yes, it was a huge, huge reveal. Some people are comparing it to uh, Iron Man 3's Mandarin, right? People are comparing it to that level, which I per- that, that seemed to be a hit or miss. I personally didn't like that. I think that. that's harsh. It's not as bad as Mandarin. But I want to say Taskmaster, the action scenes that that character was in were unreal. They were really good. I really enjoyed it. It was it was exciting to watch him replicating Avenger moves. It was a way to like almost like – it was like nods to other movies, which I like, and that's what most MCU fans should like. But I also got to say that I think part of the movie – um, was ruined by the over commercialization of it is because all the moves I saw from Taskmaster, I saw in every commercial or trailer already. Nothing really took yes. me by surprise. And then I also want to say, I wanted just more of Taskmaster on screen, right? It just, it didn't seem like the Taskmaster was really, uh, first of all, it wasn't the main adversary. And people think like, okay, Taskmaster is a pretty big name villain in the comics. Like you would think that they would be the main adversary. And a cool what do character. You think about- so what like what do you think about the screen time? Were you okay with it? Are you are you okay with him being like uh basically a puppet for Drakov? Were you was like I seem like you're okay with the idea, but are you okay with Taskmaster being that person? Yeah, like I, obviously I'd rather have Taskmaster get his own movie to be the main villain, but that's not the case and mm-hmm. I don't really mind that. I just wish I saw more screen time with Taskmaster and with Drakov personally. Like it's just you, you mentioned the name a thousand times in all these family reunion get together scenes. But I want to see less of the family reunion get-together scenes as much as I, I kind of enjoyed the comic relief in them. But there was a lot of them. You could have advanced the plot line of the villains a little bit more, which made a more comprehensive story. Right. And I feel like um, Taskmaster, you could have removed that character from the story and it wouldn't have mattered. You know what I mean? There, like, yeah. there wasn't that significant of a character in the movie. Like, Think about it. You didn't need it. At all. So uh, I thought that was kind of fascinating that the, it was, the character was kind of subjugated to that. Uh, and then also it made the movie like 20 minutes longer than it needed to be. Kind of like trying to like – Natasha trying to make amends with Taskmaster, <laughs> Drakov's yeah. daughter and everything. Spoiler alert. Uh, but let's go into like uh, ScarJo, okay? And uh, let's go uh, into the performances from this movie. What do you think about her, uh, her, kind of her send-off in the MCU? Do you think she killed it? Do you think she was more of the same? Give it to me. So I'll say it's a little, it was a little sentimental at the end. It was because you knew, because obviously everyone knows what happened at Endgame. So it was a little sentimental, but, and I thought she was good in this movie. Action sequences are great. The fight choreography, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to say, I said in the beginning how Black Widow should have had her own movie before. And she finally got it to only be overshadowed by Florence Pugh a little bit. I feel like Florence Pugh was better in this movie and it looked like she had fun, but she was also doing a great job. And a lot of her comic relief, I know it hit other people, not as much as me. I It probably hit me like half the time. But honestly, I really did like Florence Pugh a lot more than, than uh, Scarlett Johansson. The film just never mm-hmm. went deep enough with Natasha, where it did go deeper with uh, Florence Pugh's character, Yelena, and how she related to the family more than Natasha. So, And it was just an interesting twist that they had. But it makes sense because... It's, it's saying a sentimental goodbye to a longtime Avenger and introducing a new one. So it made sense of that draw. But I just was a little shocked by that because it took how many years to get a Black Widow movie? And when it does, it, she just gets overshadowed a little bit to me. It, it just goes with the passing of the torch idea you're talking about. Right. And how, how ironic is it that Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson have waited since Iron Man 2 back in 2010 for their own solo project only to have the, the spotlight stolen by Florence right. Pugh and Yelena? Like, yes. That's... So ironic, and then uh, it's very. And I thought she was awesome. She kicked butt in this movie. I'm talking about Florence Pugh. Um, she is like the perfect candidate to lead a Marvel project. She's yeah. young, 
Oscar-nominated actress. She's beloved by fans, and now she's playing a relatively unknown character to Marvel comic book fans, too, that really should get people excited for the future. And I really did love that post-credit teaser with bringing back Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Madame Hydra. Right, what she was seeing at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we could be seeing the Thunderbolts coming together or the Dark Avengers, whatever, however Dark you Avengers. want to call this new group. And I, like, I'm like, I think each movie, each project could be have a post credit scene building up to this group's very own movie. So people are talking movie, about, okay, when's the next Avenger movie? Yeah, it's like, like, can you imagine, like, well, we're not getting an Avenger movie, maybe we're getting a Dark Avenger movie, right? Like, they're trying to switch it up a little bit. And like, was- uh, uh, go ahead, sorry. I was thinking show. I was thinking show. Because, Could be that too. Either yeah. one. Mm-hmm. But sorry, go on what you're saying. Yeah, so I was just really excited with what she brought to the table. And ScarJo, she still did her thing. I think she still has it. She's like, if she somehow with this alternate timelines has to come back to the role, she certainly could. Even in a mentor role, I know because like alternate timelines, she could have a different version where she's not really dead, come back. That might happen. But <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming she's done. I'm assuming she's done just like Chris Evans. Kid should be done. Robert Downey Jr. should be done, right? Let him be. Um, but I also, let's talk about the other supporting cast here. Let's talk about the Red Guardian, David Harbour, and let's talk talk about Rachel Weisz. Uh, how do you think they did in the, as uh, MCU newcomers? So with Rachel Weisz, I think that she was underutilized. I think mm-hmm. for someone that has been, like she probably out of all of these, like Florence Pugh still relatively young. Scarlett Johansson might be like now with, 2019 or 20 yeah 2019 or yeah 2020 oscars 2019 movies she got nominated for two oscars in that same season but besides, well, like, so now she probably surpassed rachel wise's career but rachel wise has had a great career mm. going forward like going back in time and they, she got, got underutilized yeah. here um so i'll say that about her and then david <laughs> harbour the comic relief did hit me well like i was it, it i did laugh at most of his lines but the uh-huh. Red Guardian was the biggest disappointment for me of this out of all these superheroes in this movie. He didn't land a single punch on anybody. Oh, he did. Well, the they big, just didn't. They they just didn't show his fight against Taskmaster. They, they just didn't they, show him like hitting him when they barely showed it. But when they did show it, he didn't land a punch. <laughs> and when he was talking to Florence Pugh and he's singing Miss America, like when he's wearing the suit and then he's like, oh, they're here. This is my time to shine. I was like, oh, are we going to get Let's like, go. a huge fight sequence here with just him going against like tanks and stuff? Holy crap. Like, let's go. I was imagining like uh, Infinity War and Captain America and Black Panther are running really fast. I was thinking, oh, David, David Harbour, they're going to like do like some crazy computer generated uh, like making David Harbour run really fast in the Red Guardian suit. How sick is this going to be? And like flipping tanks over like he mm-hmm. earlier in the movie when he flipped the tank when he was a dad or whatever. So it's just like, oh my God. But then they just done already with a blow dart or whatever, the sleeping dart. I was like, are we kidding me? He didn't get any good action sequences and he's a uh-huh. Red Guardian. Like, what are we doing here? That was the <laughs> biggest disappointment of, and for a movie that had good action sequences and good fight scenes, good chore- choreograph. Uh, uh, what's it called choreography choreography thank you with Florence Pugh and Natasha uh Scarlett Johansson we didn't do anything with David Harbour was he just not fit enough I don't know but <laughs> it was so disappointing they did him dirty a little bit in this movie in terms of like how much in shape he, he really is in I feel like he was in much better shape than that tight yeah. suit made him look uh they did him dirty but I thought he was pretty good I liked I like the first scene I liked like the action sequence there with him hanging on the plane and everything I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty exciting and then uh I, the sentimental part you talked about like him singing the American Pie song to Florence Pugh and Yelena I thought that kind of hit me a little yeah. bit too um and then going on going along with that I w- I'm thinking of like, like, first off, we got to talk about the accents. I think he was a little in and out with the accent. Uh, I know these aren't like Oscar masterpieces, except for some Marvel movies, right? Some are on that level. I don't think this was anywhere close, but I feel like the accent for him slipped out a little bit too much, but it was still, he played the part the way he needed to. But um, I wanted to ask a, like a follow-up question. Do you think there is going to be, or do you want to see future projects with the Red Guardian? I don't know if they're going to do them like this, right? I know today, uh, with, uh, this week, uh, there's been rumors that Red, uh, uh, I don't know who, but they want a Red Guardian to face the new Captain America, Anthony Mackie. And the only Ooh. thing, and the only thing on David Harbour's plate is a Christopher Landon movie 
And who's in that movie with David Harbour? Anthony Mackie. So Anthony if they develop, Mackie. so if they develop a sort of relationship, <laughs> connect there, the dots. Like and they like working with each other, maybe. Then maybe I'll go for it. But if they're gonna do him dirty like this, a super like a superhero, like a Captain America, Russian version, do him dirty like this, then I don't want it. Even though I maybe love it's David a Maybe it's a more even fight if it's a like you know like Taskmaster was a mind controlled like assassin and like kind of overmatched uh, an older Red Guardian maybe an older Red Guardian versus a non super powered Anthony Mackie non super serumed Anthony Mackie maybe it's a more even fight but uh, I think he's just too old. Uh, the one scene in terms of action sequences, I think Harbor got to shine. I thought was maybe the best scene in the movie was the uh, prison break. The prison break might have been the best scene, scene in the movie. That was a lot of fun. I love that. Talk about good action sequences, and it had the built-in humor, the reunion of the like the quote-unquote family of uh, Natasha Romanoff. Yeah, I yeah, thought that action, was good. The action hero hero was cool. The white suits was cool. Like mm-hmm. that was a great scene. And like something that popped in my mind, I know I tweeted from the main account. What if you had um, you de-age Red Guardian? You had him go against the the Black Captain America uh, that was introduced in Falcon the Mer- Fal- uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier. That could be like an interesting uh, way to include both of those characters, but. I want to say there's almost too much stuff going on. The way this ended with like the Black Widows going away, Rachel Weisz going away with them, David Harbour going away with them, it made me think, oh my gosh, they're going to do another project along with the 20 other projects they announced yeah. at, um, at uh, uh, what was the Disney Investors Day, right? And you, that doesn't even include like the surprise projects they'll throw in in between there. There's right. already so much going on. I don't have a, like a, a strong passion to see Red Guardian again. I loved him in this movie. He's an older character. Maybe just let him go. Or maybe he even just trains a younger superhero, maybe to go against Anthony Mackie. Yeah, maybe. But I agree with you. It's like they opened too many doors. Because yeah, now too just, many. It's like you're now they're making you think too much where you just want to sit back and enjoy and you're already on that border of too many projects and you're not going to watch every single one maybe. I know we are, but most people, I don't know. And it's like, all right, are we going to have this Red Room uh, like side series? Are we going to have this Taskmaster separate thing? Are we going to have like the David Harbour Red Guardian? Are we going to have this? Are we going to have that? It's like, all right, now we're getting a little too crazy because no offense no offense. Oh, whoops. Series going on. <laughs> but uh, no offense to Black Widow in that franchise or universe or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It's not Captain America. It's not Iron Man. It's not Thor. It's not the. It's not the Incredible Hulk. It's not a core Avenger. Like it's a core Avenger, but it's not. It's not like. Like you know what I mean? It's, it's not, not, does not. It doesn't have the same draw. But it was like the right. only like primary female character in the universe. The one. So it's just. I think Marvel really messed up releasing this movie now and then delaying it even further. Like I. Like I think they if, really, really did the character and dirty. If if they released it at the proper time, let's say ten years ago or something like that. Yeah. Maybe we do fall in love with the character, and she is on that pedestal with the Thor, with the Captain America, with the Iron Man and whoever obviously not like superpower wise or anything like that but just like how much we love the character and want to see more everyone loves spy espionages everybody does but just like there's so many that are made every year the henry cavill series that just got announced uh james bond everybody loves winter soldier everybody loves the born series there's they still made two more after the original trilogy people Mm -hmm. love spy espionage movies Mm -hmm. you could have done something huge here and you Put it in the back burner till now when it's over. It's a one right. and done, and this, it's just not on that pedestal. This was this felt kind of like a female Bond movie. I think I mentioned to, this to you off camera. Like it did kind of have that vibe to it. You have that iconic character going on this mission uh, with, like, obviously these uh, so these foreigners bent on taking over the world and things of that nature. But uh, like, I I think for the most part it was average in terms of mcu i put it in like like i would say like i wouldn't even say middle tier like lower tier marvel movie i don't know how you feel about it that's where i am kind of holding it right now um Mm -hmm. and then in terms of enjoyment of this movie i think we meaning you and i ricky flex have a different opinion compared to someone that's not invested into the mcu and i really was thinking if you are not an mcu fan you probably watched this and you were like that was a pretty good movie that was that was an awesome movie even like they i feel like you would feel that nature maybe not like they don't maybe with the villains and everything they might have similar like thoughts mm-hmm. but i think us 
like looking at the implications it's going to have for the MCU honoring what it could have been too what it could have been honoring Scarlett Johansson's character like like putting it at this time releasing a 2016 timeline movie right like spot on the timeline I feel like that's kind of like the two groups it kind of falls into either you're an MCU fan who really felt like this was a phase two or you're just like a spy fan that sort of enjoyed it you know what I mean I completely agree completely agree I like I did enjoy it but it could have been I think it could have been better and it would have been better uh 10 years ago and whatnot to start right Black Widow's own franchise but yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that's a good spin on it that I didn't think of initially. And uh, I gotta, I gotta admit, it felt kind of weird that that base was in the sky, like for like a, a, yeah. like, a like it was supposed to be like kind of grounded so, MCU movie, and like okay. having that base in the sky, I was just like, what is going on right All now? Right. So this brings me to one of my gripes of the movie, or there not gripes, but it's similar to Tomorrow War when I had a list of things that bothered that was just like in my mind that's not affecting the score. But it's just like a list of peeves. Yeah, right. So this was the big one. There were so many title cards, like city titles in this movie. Okay. Literally every five minutes, every time they changed the setting, they had a title card. How about you just not do a title card and just make it noticeable that you're in Budapest or Paris or wherever you are. But if, or if you do do it, just don't go to as many, as many places. But when they did the one for the red room, I was livid because why are you doing this? Why am I seeing another title card when it's obviously in the sky? What else is, can it be like, what else is in? Not trying to read, bro. Not trying to read. I'm trying to watch a spy movie, but what else could that shit be? Nick Fury's like Avengers ship back in 2012 that went down. Like what else? Obviously it's the red room or if you just, or you just wait five seconds when you introduce it, Drake. It has the widows fighting. And they're like, this yeah. is the red room. Right. Like <laughs> it's so obvious. That was, that upset me so much. Cause like that, the rest I was thinking throughout, like, okay, there's already too many title cards, but I'm not angry. I'm not angry. But when they showed the red room one, I lost it. Yeah. So I do think there were a lot of title cards. Now I'm thinking about it. And like, uh, I guess also like, it could be like bad transitions and like, it's like, you're trying to make like those who, I mean, I don't even know. It's just not even just like non MCU fans. It's not even just like non MCU fans. It's anybody. You should be able to tell what's going on. Like that's what they tried to do with this movie too. I think they were, it was pretty good for like people that weren't MCU fans and then they're watching it and like they gave the background to Natasha's character. It felt like an origin movie. Like you didn't have to see any, of the former projects, although it would help knowing what happens in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like all the, re- there's a thousand references saying, Oh yeah. Oh, that's how true. about you get some uh, Avengers to come help you? Or mm-hmm. <laughs> there, like every 10 minutes, there was that joke that right. died quick and they just kept doing it. Right. And like, like the Captain America references. And I didn't right. understand like the David Harbor, like, like uh, his Red Guardian saying that he like fought Captain America, things like that. When it's like clearly not true. But then like you ask, like, he, could he be referring to another super serum like soldier that he would fought or something? So, or was he just lying? Like, I just I would, couldn't tell. So I think he wasn't lying, but I think he doesn't know because he was in prison, which Captain America like Natasha was fighting with because there is uh, different of them. So that's what do you I th- think. Do you think it was the one that was from Falcon the Winter Soldier or something? Like, could it be that one? Perhaps. I think it's like, it's him or one of the other ones that that uh, character mentioned in the show. So I think that he just doesn't know because he's in the Russian prison, but he knows about the Avengers, and he's like, "Hey, did he ever mention it about me?" But he just has he has no idea which one. He doesn't know right. more than one. Yeah, or, you know what I mean, quote unquote, more than one. That's interesting. And then apparently there was someone that uh, I think the guy who, uh, who David Harbor read Red Guardian broke the guy's arm. That's supposed to that's supposedly a member of the X Men, the first really? mutant in the MCU. I did see a tweet about that, or some of the actors wow. played, played a hero that was a, or a character from the X Men known that's as this. interesting. So that would be like the first actual mutant in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be. Well, yeah, because WandaVision kind of with Petra. Yeah, so that's a little yeah. hazy. Yeah. Um, so, Flixer, uh, let's get, give out some scores. What do you say? Uh, yes. So, I gave this a 68. 68, it might sound harsh, but I did really like it. But the villain aspect, I think, is just a real big one. The main character getting overshadowed, in my opinion, in her own movie. And I think they could have, I think it could have been better. I really do. And, but 68 for me. Okay. So, um, I, I went a little, 
I, man, I, I, when I'm discussing this movie with you, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hard on it because I went pretty hard on it. I was pretty harsh because I, I'm just like, I'm a huge MCU fan and I want to see what we're building towards in this universe. It feels like we of kind course. of took a step back with this movie. And I do think Scarlett Johansson obviously deserved a film, right? I think no one disputes that. It just came way too late. I, I, I give it a 70. I'm giving it a 70. In terms of pure action sequences, this was awesome. We've seen, like, like in terms of, like, if I look at other female-led projects in the MCU, I'm looking at Captain Marvel. Like, I enjoy the action sequences in this movie 10 times more than Captain Marvel. Same. Right? 10 times more. Without a superhero. And it's more real. And it's like, it's a grounded espionage type thriller. I love that. I thought David Harbour was great at his um, comedic relief. Okay? Rachel Weiss. She's not, first of all, not very athletic, but I thought she was pretty serviceable in the role, even though she was uh, uh, not given a lot of screen time. Obviously, they have the villain issue. But overall, did I have a good time watching it? Did I finish my popcorn before the first third of the movie uh, finished? Yes. So I'm giving it a 70 out of 100. Yeah, and what I mean, not a super, I mean no superpowers. That's what I meant. Sorry, to be clear. But before we wrap up, a couple other things that I liked, or a couple of things I wanted to mention. Nirvana cover in the beginning, and the opening Ooh, credits. Kind of fire. That was actually a really good song. Like that, that was a good cover. That was really that was good. good. That um, that whole beginning montage was pretty good. I like right. that. Uh, oh, I, I don't. I do, but dude, uh, oh, was I about to steal something you were gonna say? I was gonna say the opening scene after that. Yeah, with William yep. Hurt. Okay, we're, we're just like well, I, no, yes, that, and I was also gonna talk about them as kids. <laughs> oh, go for it. Like, 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 just like the interaction with the whistling at the end, and then I remember we were watching the whistling. At the end of the movie where, uh, like, Yelena whistles, and you're like, why? Or we were, our uncle, we, who we watched it with, is like, why is she doing that? <laughs> it just wasn't that, that significant in the beginning of the movie. And everybody's just like, what the heck's going on? But uh, and then I also thought the child actors were just terrible. Yeah, But I did like the opening scene with David Harbour in, in action, but not as Red Guardian. Not as Red Guardian. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, him on the plane. Right. And last thing is the CGI at the end with the Yelena explosion was god awful. That CGI. <laughs> yeah. That was that horrendous. Was, and when, they're, when they're jumping through the air and everything, too. Yeah. And she's, I forget, she said, like, this is not a goodbye or something. She said, and she blew up. That was such, that was, the, that was like very bad CGI. I was shocked that Marvel would do that in 2021 or, or 2020. This movie yeah. was to come out. So. Yeah, Marvel's usually pretty good with that. And you you brought up the opening scene with Thunderbolt Ross, where it kind of amounted to nothing when you thought she was about to go all John Wick. How on the sick entire would that have been? Government. That, that would have awesome. been sick. She's like, you shouldn't yeah. do this. And she puts the phone down or something and she's like, like She goes Iron Man like, 2 on him. Right. That would have been so sick. Real that yeah. would have came out because like yeah. that opening I, scene with David Harbour like was good. The good action scene, but like he's not punching anyone, he's just running really fast and hanging on an airplane, right? <laughs> So, like, it's cool, but, like, imagine if right after that they had, all right, this is my movie, Black Widow movie, and I just take down all these people. That's, like, all right, that's setting the tone for this movie right. to be a badass movie. But it didn't do I that. Love it. But it was it good. It could have done that. But William Hurt also just looked weird. He looked fake. His it face looked, looked like, fake. It was either makeup or, or uh, they, like, he, I don't you, you know what I mean? It looked like a lot <laughs> was, of makeup was, or it something. It was caked on there. He looked like he was, like, plastic. It was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> It was weird, yeah, but that was, that was I think it's just too. weird that he has that role because he's like always in like five minutes of like these MCU <laughs> movies. Um, paycheck. All right, <laughs> that does it for our review of Black Widow. <laughs> Very fun one. Let's move on to our. Um, let's move on on to our top billing of the greatest movie rivalries. My movie billing. All right, Flickster. We have the top billing of movie rivalries. We're going to spin the wheel to see who gets to decide where they, uh, where they are in this draft order. Before we get going, Flix, you have any uh, questions going into this draft? Just movie rivalries, right? Like nothing? Yeah. So I was thinking character to character, but if you want to do like um, squad versus squad, I think that should be acceptable too. Just uh, not – I know um, – people might be thinking it might be like a literal movie to movie rivalry this is more of like within a movie that's right. what we're kind of going for yeah within a yeah. movie um i have a lot of joke picks but i'll just i think i'm gonna save them maybe i'll do a couple my last couple but if nez was here i think that's what i would have easily done a couple like funny ones but 
I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll pull them out of my hat for this one. Well, I'm still I'm still gonna do some funny ones. I got I got some in my back pocket. But I might and, just uh, go all funny picks. And we're doing a snake still, even though uh, Nez isn't here. Correct? Yeah, snake yeah. style. All right, and the wheels spinning. Should it be snake style? Should we just go back and forth? Two people. Then, what do we usually do when it's only me? But, so we started not doing it, but then we realized the first person always gets the pick first. So the, the second person never, you know what I mean? They never have an advantage. They're always behind. All right. Okay. Yeah. So let's do the, let's, let's do that then. Yeah. Let's do the uh, snake. Okay. So I got the wheel. So you got the first pick. You got the first pick. So, oh, you get to choose. No, I get to choose. And I'm going to take the one pick, the first pick. Okay. So, therefore, I will take the second pick. <laughs> the only Flicks. other option. Let's get this rolling. Uh, you're on the clock. All right. Number one pick. Batman versus the Joker. That's – this is mainly, like, what movies do we always review? Like, we might miss a drama. We might miss a comedy movie. We all, But we always review the superhero movies. And what's the best superhero rivalry? It's got to be Batman versus Joker. It's got to be. There's Joker uh, movies getting a billion dollars made. Joker solo movies. Like, that's how iconic that character is. And Batman speaks for itself. You think Robert Pattinson is going to be nominated for an Oscar playing the Bat. So, like, this rivalry, the two characters colliding, that's what we always want to see. Batman versus Joker. Yeah, so I think that was the obvious number one overall pick. Uh, that's going to look strong on the board too, and it's like had so many different forms. Not only you always you obviously think of the Dark Knight, but the fact that we've seen it so many different times and so many different iterations. Not just in comic books, you see it in TV shows, you see it in animated movies. Like we talk about the Killing Joke, uh, you talk about uh, Batman nineteen eighty nine. Like you constantly see these characters interacting with one another. Uh, so. Yeah, so I, I I feel like that was like the most obvious one pick of all time. <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> it's up there with the Thanos of Marvel villains for sure. Absolutely. All right. All right, I'm up. Man, I like. I feel like other than that one, I feel like I could choose anything. But I kind of want to go. I kind of want to parallel you a little bit. I kind of want to parallel you. Man. <laughs> No, what? No, I'm going old school, Ricky Flex. I'm going old school. I'm going West Side Story, the Jets versus the Sharks. Wow. I'm going the Jets versus the Sharks. I think that is, I don't know if like our younger, we kind of, I think, have a younger audience, right? So I don't know if this will resonate with them, but everyone saw this movie uh, in, uh, in school. Right, whether it be high school, middle school, elementary school, whenever. And you talk about the Jets versus the Sharks, people make jokes about like, oh, we got two, we got two groups going against one another. We got the Jets for the sh- versus the Sharks. Like it's lasted the tests of time since the '60s, right? Uh, it's what drives Tony and Maria to their tragic end, right? Replicating like the what is it, the Capulets and the uh, Montagues, yes. right? From uh, oh, look, that you saw my brain just pull that one out. You saw that I was like, oh, Montagues. The fact that I remember that's pretty impressive. But I feel like when you say Jets for Sharks, you think of rivalry, you know. So I'm gonna go with that as my first rounder. Yeah, West Side Story. It's uh, the only. Is it the only move, uh, film to get ten Oscar wins? I don't know. It's uh, it, 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 sw- it swept everything. It swept. No, everything. no. It, it was nominated for eleven, got ten. I think that's right. Oh, okay. Uh, but dominant. I think that it might be the only one with a couple, but yeah, Jets versus Sharks, classic. Yeah, so I wanted to go with an OG. I'm going to go with a funny one now for my second round pick. I'm going to go Katie Heron versus Regina George as my second round pick. Um, I'm a sociology teacher, and I teach also. Obviously, it's part of social studies. So I sh- I feel like you're a bad like sociology teacher if you don't show your high school students Mean Girls, and Mean Girls. What I think it's a forgotten film for younger. It's it's for like yeah, you're a bad teacher if you don't show Mean Girls to your class. But it's a forgotten movie in the pantheon for like high school movies. Just because like it, it came out in a weird time. It was like oh four, I want to say, and like you had like American Pie and uh, all those other teen comedy, uh, teen romance movies uh, in the late nineties. Then this came out in oh four, and then. 
obviously after that you have like super bad which is like a whole different scale if it's for some reason it feels like it's forgotten like when i showed it to my students they didn't like half i would say 90 percent of them had never seen the movie and i showed it on a wednesday and what do we do on wednesdays freaky flicks wednesday spotlight on flicks. instagram we wear pink on wednesdays we wear, oh, the, oh, yeah oh, we wear pink on wednesdays come on what do we do on wednesdays i, I, I literally showed it on a five. wednesday I showed it on a Wednesday and no one got the joke. No one got the joke. And I was just like, this is sad. So I got to do it some justice. And then Regina George and Katie Heron, it's the, it's a battle for top dog yeah. in the high school. Katie with a D. Katie with a D. Lindsay Lohan, best role ever from Lindsay Lohan. And then the, coming, then the coming out party for uh, Rachel McAdams. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, it did come out in Oakwood, by the way. Good did you see her. that pick coming? Uh, no, it was on my big board, but I wasn't going to pick it, but I like it. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> You're up, kid. Wow. All right. I'm up. I'm also going to go with a funny one. I'm going Happy Gilmore and Shooter McGavin. Nice. <laughs> the, Shooter McGavin trying to take his grandma's house. when he's All the reason he's playing golf is to buy the house back or to pay off the debt absurd thing to do that just shows <laughs> how big this rivalry went so i'm um, that's my pick right and it's a class a classic good guy versus bad guy you know good guy versus bad True. guy and it's so easy super mcgavin's so easily hateable but so enjoyable to watch you know he's like on that level that yes. adam sandler as happy gilmore he would be if we did like um if we did a top billing of most likable movie characters he would probably get drafted like happy gilmore how like how does he not get drafted most likable characters of yeah. all time so it's yeah. like there's there's such, there's such polar opposites, and one's such a tryhard, and one just is like so naturally gifted. Um, I like that pick. I had it on my big board for show. Another good top billing idea would be, uh, or I don't know if it's good, but maybe is like best actors or best actors on social media. Shooter McGavin on social media is electric. Oh, he's so good. He like it, like I don't like I don't even know what movies he's been in lately, but like he he's just amazing on social media. And then all he's of a sudden awesome. he'll pop up he'll pop up on a video. Wasn't there one where he's like shirtless on a fountain, like really like hammered or something? Remember <laughs> yeah. that video? Yeah. What the heck was that? What was that? That was the weirdest thing <laughs> so of all time. Good. <laughs> but then he'll, then it'll just like like he'll pop up on barstool videos and he'll just be like just like videos of him just being wasted. Then he's like saying quotes from Happy Gilmore. Right. <laughs> it's a gem. He's a gem. But all right, and then my third pick. Those are my top two. Like those are like the two I wanted most. Uh-huh. Now my third, I think I need. I'm gonna go. So deep. Yeah. Right. Because you can go like two people too. Yeah. Uh, see, like. All right. Fine. I'm going to go just safe the U.S. versus Soviet Union. <laughs> Out of my big board. Yeah. I, I'm just going to go safe there. That's clear rivalry. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I could just go like rest funny picks the rest of the way. But like you, you played it safe with that one. Like, and like if you don't vote for that one, like you really trap the voters on that one. Like you, if you don't vote, if you don't American? vote for – yeah, you know, and if you don't vote for him, if you don't vote for him, you're a communist. You know, it's just like you like it's it's a tough draw there. So I feel like I'm it's an uphill battle for sure. A strategy pick, not just a safe pick, a strategy pick. But yeah, I like I like that pick. Miracle, my favorite sports movie alongside Rocky. Right. All right. <laughs> I'm, up, I'm up. I'm up now. All right. Any other any other thoughts on that with the pick? No, no, go for Good. it. Good, okay. I thought you were going to say something else. All right, I am up. I'm going to go with the duo that inspired this top billing. This is going to look so weird with this variety movie on the graphic, but the reason <laughs> I thought of like a rivalries in movies was one of the greatest movies of the past decade. That's Whiplash. And that's uh, uh, Professor Fletcher versus Andrew Neiman. You have J.K. Simmons versus uh, Miles Teller. And... It, after rewatching that movie for the first time in a long time, I realized like this deserves to be on the list of greatest rivalries. It doesn't have like the like the franchise recognition as some of these other picks, and it doesn't have like just like the overall mainstream recognition. But when you see a point where a student is tackling their teacher at a public event, you know the rivalry is 
real is real. So I had to go with that one. And then you could make an argument they make amends at the end. It kind of hurts the rivalry. Well, but it's you because know it's not going to it's, it's because of the rivalry that it got right. to that point. The respect level. He finally got to that level. But he's right. not going to stop pushing him. He's still going to slap him across the face. Am I rushing or am I dragging? So you do know the difference. <laughs> the the, the one-liners from J.K. Simmons in that movie, my God. They're All both time. funny and so inappropriate Cruel. at the same Cruel. time. He's, he yeah. might be – If we should do another top-billing idea. Biggest bullies in movies. He is up there for like biggest boy. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I, I he, that would be a good top billing too. Yeah. God damn it! We so many good ideas, ideas stemming from this reflex. Oh, we're rolling right now. All right, I'm up again. I we could just do like ten each. <laughs> like honestly, I have like we could, I have like we could do I have like twenty left on my board. I know. Same. We could do like five and five, and then we could do like a like a secondary draft. Yeah. Like the honorable mentions could be another draft. Yeah. Um, where should we go next here, Ricky Flex? How many can you fit on a graphic? Um, we could do two. We could do two. I'm gonna go. The greatest wizard, the the strongest wizard of all time, versus the boy who lived. Harry Potter versus Voldemort. Harry Potter versus Voldemort. Um, that lasted eight movies. The rivalry lasted eight movies. And to talk about like the old versus the young. Right, and it's amazing that Harry withstood the power of Voldemort for uh for all those movies. Although Voldemort obviously wasn't at full strength, Harry somehow overtook him as a baby when Voldemort was a grown grown ass man. Like, what's <laughs> going on there? But um, the duels, the wizard duels, are awesome. And then even like I, I Deathly Hollows Part Two, I will watch that movie endlessly i'll rewatch that endlessly like till the end of time and like when they're go- when they're falling at the same time off the tower and they're morphing into one another it almost has like a joker batman vibe a little bit to it where it's like they can't live literally they can't live without one another right mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go harry potter and Voldemort. it's my next pick my third rounder i'm so it's a good pick i wasn't gonna pick it because what's the what's the rival like harry potter has multiple rivalries and I was shocked you picked – I wasn't shocked you picked oh, that one. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I was had, like, I, I can't touch Harry Potter because he has two. So is it – is that going to affect point. like how good of that rivalry is if he has two of them? I don't know. So I, I, I stayed away, but you went for it. I, I don't think uh, people are – I think you went with the big bad, so that's good. But it's just interesting. That's a great point, Ricky Flex. That's a great point. I had both on my big board, but I feel like – Voldemort, that's just the that's the main one because the other one kind of fizzles out by if it it fizzles out by the end of the like the other one that we're referring to not to tease picks but it's it fizzled out a little bit by movie five you know what I mean Harry just uh, Harry just proved him or six six Harry proved the top but Harry proved himself the alpha you know and like he clearly and it was like an even match with him versus Voldemort yeah so that's my pick it's on to you I believe yes yeah um. Okay. I think most – the ones I want to pick are all, like, joking ones. Like, funny ones. Funny ones. Not jokes. Um, but, like, from comedies. Um, Don't take mine. Well, I, I – right, I have with, a really good one to end it on. With the fourth pick, I'm going to go with – I can't. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go. All right, fourth pick: Carl versus the Gopher and Caddyshack. I think one. that one is just something different on my board, and it's it's funny, but it's like that's a rivalry. Like, there's no at the end they still hate each other. Like that thing does not get resolved, and it's it's something very unique. So I I think I would like that diversity on my board. So I'm gonna go with Carl versus the Gopher and Caddyshack. Carl versus the Gopher. I did not have that on my big board, but I do like that pick. I like like we could have we could have gone just like if we went just strictly comedy. I feel like this draft could have yeah. been, like been even funnier. You know, maybe we should have done that. I, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I think I think we're just running with it at this point. We're just running with it. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, Carl versus the Gopher. I like that pick. Mm. Okay. And then I mean, my... I, it, oh. sorry, I was gonna say like 
that's just one that's not human versus human. So I like it. It's not it's not like a classic rivalry. It's like something outside the box. Good thinking. Right, right. It just diversifies the board. Right. Um, and then my final one. This is what I was debating with, but I, I knew I wanted that one, but I wanted it as my fifth pick, but I couldn't decide. So I decided it just to put it in my fourth to buy me some extra time. And with my final pick, I'm going to go with Marty McFly versus Biff Tannen. <laughs> wow. Wow. It, one of the best franchise, one of the best movies of all time, one of the best franchises, but. I think that's also another because like I didn't want to do another sports one or like a superhero and a comedy. Like I already have all those on my board. So again, just diversifying. And I think it's just unique because you get different versions of the character in different environments. So and it's all centered around this rivalry, even though obviously the point is to get back to present time or to do a job and then go back to present time from the future or from the past. But it's just like it all centers around that rivalry in all three movies. So that's going to be my pick. Right. And it's not and that all that rivalry spans generations. Like it's yeah. like him, it's him and his dad. Exactly. Tim and his dad too. You could have done the McFly's verse Biff Dan. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, but they just like, there's like, it's, it's like when they're in the wild west, like two centuries ago, <laughs> they're, they're duking it out then. And then, a hundred years in the future, they're duking it out. Like, unbelievable! It's insane. Yeah, I did not have that one on my big board. That's good creativity too. I, I like. I just didn't think of it. All right, we're on to Mister Irrelevant, and I'm going to take Finch first Stifler American Pie franchise. Wow. That's going to be my Mister Irrelevant. Um, the American Pie. First of all, the three movies, the original trilogy, one of my favorite trilogies of all time. And then when you think of Finch for Stifler, you got Stifler, like the high school alpha, right? Then you have like Finch kind of, he's not a loser, but he's just like the guy who's kind of the weirdo. I think everyone thinks that, but Finch, and they always like hate each other. You think about like, like, like Finch running to the bathroom in the original American Pie and Stifler calling him out like and stuff like that. He's running to the girl's room and everything after he gives him the laxative. <laughs> and then, but Finch throughout the trilogy has one thing he can hang over Stifler's head. That whenever they get in an argument, he has the trump card, right? Mm-hmm. And his experiences with Stifler's mom. And I feel like that makes it a rivalry that, like, it kind of helps carry the franchise. And it's almost what the franchise is best known for, other than the actual pie scene. It's The franchise has so many side storylines, but that's, like, the one where it's – you always talk about it. Like, no one talks about Oz and uh, whatever her name is. I can't think of it at the moment. But no one talks about that. And nobody talks about Vicky and uh, Henry Roan Gardner off to the side. You're talking about Finch and Stifler. You're talking about that. So I think that's a great pick. I didn't think of that, but phenomenal. Yeah, no, I, I really, I was thinking about picking up first, like, like that's my second overall uh, first round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I wanted that bad. Okay, Flex, let's go over the uh, the uh, the draft before we get to honorable mentions, which I know there will be plenty and we're going to have a wacky time with it. So, Ricky Flex has Batman vs. Joker from the Batman franchise. He has Shooter McGavin vs. Happy Gilmore from Happy Gilmore. He's got the U.S. vs. Soviet Union in Miracle. Carl vs. the Gopher in Caddyshack. And then Marty McFly vs. Biff Tannen in Back to the Future uh, trilogy. Dr. O has the Jets versus the Sharks in West Side Story. Katie Heron versus Regina George in Mean Girls. Andrew Neiman versus Professor Fletcher in Whiplash, Harry Potter versus Voldemort in Harry Potter in the Harry Potter franchise, and Stifler versus Finch in the American Pie franchise. So, Ricky Flicks. We could all we I think for honorable mentions, we can almost go one for one. Like you go, I go, you go, I go, you go, I go. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> so give me one on your list. Ricky Bobby versus John Gerard. I had that one too. Yep, that's a great one. I had Apollo Creed versus Rocky. I didn't pick that because they ended up being best friends. Yeah, so it's like almost like Drago would be the better pick. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. But that's Give also like US one. Soviet Union, you know? Um, uh, Neo versus Ancient Smith in The Matrix. Ooh, uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't think I had that one, but that's a good pick. 
Uh, I had Hamilton Porter versus the team in Sandlot. <laughs> oh, wait, versus, his own team or the uh, no, 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 no versus team. the versus the preppy team, okay, the uh, so travel team. That's a good pick because if you pick like the Sandlot team versus the other team, that's not a rivalry. The Sandlot team demolished them. Like that's not right. a rivalry. But you mm-hmm. picked Ham Porter. That's a great pick. That would have been like the Red Sox playing the. 2000s era Devil Rays or something like right, that. Right, 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 right. That's like not a rivalry, just in the same division, bud. Right. Um, give me another one, Flay. Peter Lafleur versus White Goodman. Good one. I I had that one on my board. I had uh, Kevin versus Buzz in Home Alone. Oh, that's a good that one. A little holiday action. I didn't think of that one. Um, I had. Derek Zoolander versus Hansel, but again, it's like they turn out to be friends. So good. Yeah, I had that one too. Uh I had Professor X and uh Magneto yep. for my superhero flavor, but I I kind of took Harry Potter and went ran friends, with that one. That's the opposite. Friends turned enemies. So that's right. a good, the, that's a good the, rivalry. But they're like friends and enemies at the same time throughout their entire lives. You know, Which makes it a good rivalry. They're very competitive, like very uh-huh. They just have – it's like – I mean, X-Men pretty much and like them, it's just politics. It's literally politics <laughs> yes, that divide them. It is. Right? It is. It's like, oh, you have Magneto saying we can't live together, right? It's almost it's, it's almost a take on like civil rights. It's like Malcolm yeah. X versus like Dr. King. It's pretty much what yeah. it is, right? X-Men last want, stand. That, that's got to be the influence, right? I'm not, I'm not a big X-Men comic book guy, but that's got to be like the – I mean reference point, no? Yeah, it's got to be up there. Like, yeah, you're right. Um, another one I had Maverick versus Iceman. Oh, good one. Uh, I had Andy Walker and Helen Harris from Bridesmaids. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think of that. That's a good <laughs> one. Um, all right. This is actually, I regret not picking this because this is like one of my favorite movies Robert Angier versus Alfred Bo- uh, Borden, Borden, the, the Prestige. That, that's the next one. I, that's the next mention I was going to give you. That, Dude, I was, that's that good. rivalry might be the best. Like, besides like, bat, like the iconic ones, like, I, holy crap. I, I'm shocked you didn't draft it. I'm shocked you didn't draft it. Uh, but yeah. I mean, like, this is a silly draft. I like this, though. Uh, moving on, uh, Seth versus McLovin in Superbad. Yeah. Fighting over Michael Sarah. <laughs> I, I didn't have it until you said, like, Superbad in this draft. I'm like, oh, a good one would be Seth versus McLovin. Yeah. Um. All right, I, when I was toying with, but I already had the U.S. versus Soviet Union, the Ducks versus the Hawks and the Mighty Ducks. Oh, my God. Dude, how does that not get drafted? That would have been a great pick. I, I, I think I should have picked it over the U.S. versus Soviet Union. That's how and much you, I love that pick. That, now you got me like thinking of like like sports movies. Like I'm thinking of Little Giants versus the Cowboys. You know? Bears. Thinking of, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, the, yeah, the Yankees versus the, the Bears. Um, Iron Man vs. Cap. I had that was like Civil War. We brought mm-hmm. up that we brought that up during the Black Widow uh, review. Uh, do you have another one, Anya? Uh, Maximus versus Com- uh, Commodus from Gladiator. Nice. That one. damn. This know, is an impossible one. This we is needed, impossible. We one. needed Nez here because like we needed some more picks drafted so we can talk <laughs> about them. He's gonna have, he's gonna have a field day during the, like, editing this pod. Uh, <laughs> I also had. Um, <laughs> I only have like two left, but I'll, I'll go with just one more. Uh, Hot Rod, uh, Andy Sandberg versus Dad in McShane. Like that, I thought that was a one, that'd be a one that would sneak in there. And uh, one mm. more to kind of wrap up: Woody versus Buzz. Even though they end up yeah. friends. Um. All right, then a couple like just a quick rapid fire: Dale versus Brennan, Step Brothers. Uh, oh. Quint, Quint versus Sh- the Shark and Jaws. Um. Uh, Karate Kid, Daniel versus Johnny. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Rush, Nikki Lada versus James. I think that's a great one. Um, Tin Cup, that's another great robbery. And then some joke, some joking ones that I was thinking, like if Nez was here, maybe I would do. Um, the ownership versus the team in Major League. Ooh, yeah. That one, what's the girl's name? Damn, know, that would be a good pick too. Um, They're all great I, picks. Uh, I had in Moneyball, Billy Bean versus the game of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have the Godfather versus Godfather 2. <laughs> That's dude, that I would I would that would have been a good pick, potentially veto potential veto, but right because you said in the beginning don't do movies, so I was like all right, and then finally Warner Brothers versus Christopher Nolan or just movie directors or creators, <laughs> yes yes, and we talked about studio interference with Space Jam: New Legacy. We just talked right. about that. That would have been a great pick too. All right, <laughs> what a what a fascinating draft. 
That's going to wrap up this episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Thank you for listening. And please leave us a review wherever you're listening and then rate us five stars. After you rate us five stars, screenshot it and then tweet it at us at the Drive-In Pod or post on your Insta story and then tag us. That does it for episode 47. We will smell you.